Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast, where we break down some of the best books and personal development and spirituality so we can learn and grow together. It is a beautiful Wednesday. Thank God I'm feeling so much better. I actually feel so much more like myself. And I'm going to just drop in a subtle plug here for On It Alpha Brain because it's actually amazing. I completely forgot that I own these supplements. And obviously, this is not an ad. I wish it was, but it's not. For those of you that don't know, I used to struggle with an addiction to ADD medication that I was prescribed with that I felt I was completely reliant on and dependent on. And I have come a long way to teach myself and to learn how to adapt my lifestyle to who I am naturally as someone with severe ADD and ADHD. These supplements have been very helpful in the past. I don't know why I forgot about them, but today I was like, oh, right. This is a thing. I just found it in my in my drawer in my bathroom and I took one and I feel such a difference in my ability to focus today. So for anyone who struggles with that and wants an extra boost of focus, taking a supplement that is completely natural and trustworthy, then I highly recommend it. It's called Alpha Brain by Onnit. That's my little tip of the day. Before I get into today's excerpt, I want to say that I am currently opening up two slots for one-on-one clients, so if you have ever been interested in trying one-on-one coaching with me, it's an amazing experience both for me and for my clients that really helps you recenter yourself, gain confidence in whatever path you're on, and if you feel like you need some extra help, whether it's to achieve certain goals or to find inner peace or to kind of make sense of all the different voices in your head and within you, I cannot recommend coaching enough. I myself have two different coaches, one for my business and one for my personal life, and I have seen firsthand as a coach and as a client how impactful coaching can be in just 12 weeks of working together. So if it's something that you're interested in, DM me, send me a message, just say, hey, I'm interested in that one-on-one spot, and we'll schedule a call, speak for 15 minutes completely for free, and just chat with no pressure, no expectations at all. You do not have to commit in any way. We'll just have a conversation, and I believe that if it's aligned, it works out, and if not, then we just ended up having a great conversation. So so definitely do not hesitate if it's something you're interested in. The last thing I want to say is that June is coming up. I know we're only in the beginning of May, but normally these spots run out. My 12-week group coaching program, I only let in 12 people max, and I opened up a waiting list this time so that I can give priority to people who are already interested. You can get that link in my Instagram bio. It says group program or program waiting list. Again, this is with no commitment. You just put in your information so that I know to contact you when I start to open up the enrollment. Now let's get down to business. I'm going to be reading today from The Imposter Cure, which is a book that I have read from in the past, which obviously we will be revisiting books that I've read because there's so much to learn from every single one of them. I found an excerpt that I think is so good and so important for every single person to hear and is so relevant for all of us because it really hits the nail on the head on one of the reasons why we all suffer and struggle with self-doubt. There are no grown-ups. When you're a child, you imagine that when you've grown up, you'll know what you're doing and will understand how life works. I think these expectations filter in our belief that as adults, we should have everything sorted and never feel self-doubt. This idea that we should be competent and capable at all times can pose another problem. When you think of all of the different roles you fulfill, worker, parent, sibling, friend, it can be difficult to keep them in balance. You may have a senior role in your company, but you can't keep up with the admin from your children's school. You may be the chairperson of a local charity, but neglect to check in with your elderly parents. This can make you question whether you really are what others see. When you feel that you're barely staying on top of everything, you can't help thinking that if people really knew you, they'd have a different view. 
This ignores the fact that it's normal to act differently in different situations or present a public self that is slightly different from our private self in order to meet social expectations. We have to put on a bit of a front sometimes. A certain amount of fitting in is necessary and we are expected to conceal our weaknesses, particularly with people we know less well. This doesn't mean we're a fraud or putting on an act. Everyone sees different parts of us depending on the capacity in which we know them. I'm a mother, a wife, a clinical psychologist, an author, a friend, a sister, a daughter. How I am at work is a more polished version of myself than how I am at home with my children and my husband getting a full view. With good friends, I'm very open, but with new friends, I filter what I say slightly more. My children's teachers see one side of me, and the running club I'm a part of sees something else. It's normal to modify yourself a bit to fit in with people. Just keep an eye on how much you're doing it and keep hold of an inner measure of who you are so you know yourself. No one has all areas covered. Just because you can't keep on top of the school admin doesn't mean you're not a good CEO. You can be many different things and various parts of you can coexist together. You can feel disorganized and out of control at times and still be an excellent employee and a good son or daughter. You can be tired and short-tempered at times and still be a good partner or friend. You can put your daughter in the bath with her socks still on, like me, and still be a good parent. Not feeling good or on top of everything at all times doesn't make you incompetent, it just means you're human. I am now nearing 40, an age that was defined as old when I was younger, and yet I don't feel terribly different from when I was 20. There's no great ta-da moment when you suddenly realize you're an adult. My life is very different, but the change is so gradual you hardly notice it. It creeps up on you instead of announcing itself. You soon realize that adults still feel vulnerable and insecure, but in time you also grow to understand that this is not a weakness, but a strength. Showing vulnerability is not something to fear, but something to embrace. It's only by accepting all of yourself that you can become comfortable with who you are. Think about the people you feel closest to. Do they share their insecurities and fears with you? When they do, what do you think of them? To me, sharing life challenges and admitting that life can be tough sometimes are the characteristics that make us more relatable and more likable. Besides, everyone is wary of the person who seems to have everything sorted. They seem a bit intimidating and it's hard to feel close to someone when they project an image of being strong and invulnerable. Throughout evolution, our relationships have been hugely important to us because feeling connected and close to others makes life more meaningful. Don't hide away parts of yourself and create distance from the people who care about you. You need to put together the many parts of you and see that they all have space to belong together. No one is awarded 10 out of 10 for every attribute. We all have areas we feel insecure about. You don't have to be a set way to be accepted by others. It's incredibly freeing when you truly believe this. We need to recognize that our idiosyncrasies and flaws make us alive and human. Sometimes our imperfections are the elements that give us our strengths. If you open up to others, you have a chance to see a different view. We are all winging it, and accepting this can be scary in itself. Many of us would prefer to believe that there are grown-ups in control, especially when it comes to running a country, hospitals, or law courts. I loved this. I think if there was one episode up until now I wish I could mass send to every single person I know, it would be this one. This excerpt actually reminded me of a conversation that I had that I never forget that really helped me learn this lesson. So in the third year of my degree, I got accepted into this honors program and we traveled around the world to China, to Europe, to New York, to DC, and we got to meet some of the most powerful and influential people in the world. And something that stuck out to me was how human every single one of these people were. It was like I could see myself in every single one of them in a very humbling way. Not that I was at their caliber, but more so that they were also just everyday people. 
And I remember talking about this with one of my friends in the program who has two parents who are doctors. And, and she told me about how her dad would tell her that as much as people can be professionals and educated and know what they're doing, there is so much to success that is winging it and just faking it until you make it. Hearing what her dad said and seeing that in every single person that we met with really helped me gain confidence because I was able to be exposed to this truth at the right time and I remember always thinking, people don't really know what the hell they're doing. The people with the fancy titles and the nice jobs and the fancy degrees, yeah, they might be a little bit more educated, they might have specific knowledge, they might have some expertise in a certain area, but at the same time, every single one of those people has strengths and weaknesses, has flaws, has insecurity, and has to compensate for so much that you cannot be taught. Another thing this reminded me of was when I was studying for an exam once, this girl, I'll never forget, walked into the library and she saw me stressing so much about this exam. And she was a year above me, I think. So she had a little bit more experience. It was my first year of school. I was really stressed about getting good grades. And she said to me, Taylor, don't forget that life isn't just school, that you put energy into other areas of your life. And if you're a good friend and a good daughter and a good granddaughter, and you're also doing this and that and that, you have to see it holistically. So if you get a B on this test, but you're able to also succeed in other areas of your life, don't measure your success just in this one area. And I remember having this aha moment where I was like, oh, right, I'm one person fulfilling so many different roles. It's unfair to expect myself to reach my highest potential in every single one of them simultaneously. And from that point on, I actually prioritized my grades much less. I still gave my best effort, but I wasn't so obsessed with getting straight A's. And it really helped me make the most out of my experience as a student. I think the main message here is that you are not going to do every single thing the best. It's just not going to happen. No one is doing it. So comparing yourself to the people doing the best in every area of your life is just unfair and creates this really harsh inner dialogue where you never feel like you're good enough. Instead, recognize where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, where you want to focus your energy more, accept that there's always going to be things that you're not good at, accept that you allocate your energy to different areas of your life at different times and that that's okay. I will be fully honest and tell you that for the last few weeks, I completely took a back seat when it comes to my business and focused on my mental health and on my mental well-being because I was going through a lot of difficult emotions. I reminded myself that if I hyper-focus on how much energy I'm putting into my business or not putting into my business, that I'll feel like I'm failing, but at the same time, I'm actually doing a lot of important work on myself and I'm just one person. It's so easy to constantly be like, oh, well, I'm doing this and this and this right, but I haven't been working out or I've been working out and eating well, but I should be focusing on this. And I want to challenge you to stop looking at the areas of your life that you're failing in and start focusing on where you are succeeding in this moment. And remember that it's going to constantly change. And this idea that we're supposed to grow up one day and be good at all the things, our taxes and being financially literate and running a business and being a family member in our own families and also creating a family and finding love and all these things is never going to happen. There isn't a day that we are welcomed into adulthood. We are always going to be the wise old grandma version of ourselves and the little child, innocent child version of ourselves simultaneously in every moment. 
accepting that truth and seeing that in everyone around you, even the people who you compare yourself to, who you think are super successful, remembering that you are seeing them in one lens, in one area of their life, will bring you so much more inner peace and hopefully help you judge yourself and doubt yourself less. So hopefully you got what you need from this excerpt. If you like this episode, please screenshot it, share it with a friend, maybe post it on your Instagram story, tag me. If you're enjoying the podcast in general, please rate it, hopefully five stars. Leave a little review if you're feeling extra into it. And lastly, just a reminder, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, DM me. And if you would like to join the waiting list for my group program in June, then click the link in my bio. I hope this finds you well wherever you are in the world, whatever time of day you're listening to this. I love you and I will be back tomorrow.